0: Welcome to 6-Minute Stories, where you hear the writing of new voices and experienced writers whose submissions appear in the anthologies of the Personal Story Publishing Project. Now in Season 8, you will hear stories from our ninth collection sooner or later. Find links to 6-Minute Stories and to the Personal Story Publishing Project at RandallJones.com. Everybody loves a good story. We hope you enjoy this one. In the end, Timing is Everything, by Nick Seip. About once a week, I still expect she'll call me, and I expect she'll call at the worst possible time, when I've finally found childcare and I'm on a date with my wife for the first time in months, or during the work day when I'm leading an important meeting, when I'm in a movie theater and the two leads are about to kiss or fight, or both if it's a superhero movie, or during the middle of preparing dinner, when I'm about to plate all the food together at just the right time so that everything stays hot. But she doesn't call anymore, she's gone. The last time I saw her alive, truly alive, she was propped up in her bed sewing Christmas ornaments. Needles, fabric rolls, scissors and spools were piled up in the empty space where there once had been a leg now long since amputated i told her that if she needed more space for crafting she might need to amputate the remaining leg she laughed gave me the finger and went back to sewing scotch taped over the bed was a laminated picture of a smoldering jason momoa reading my ideal weight is jason momoa on top of me the equivalent of a trashy poster in a men's dorm room, it would have been in poor taste even there. It was even more out of place in a nursing home. She was out of place in a nursing home. At 65, she was far younger than the other residents. She asked for more than the other residents, cursed more than the other residents, and got into more trouble than the other residents. My aunt, Teresa, or sis as I'd called her my whole life, loved being the cool kid in the nursing home. She roamed the halls in her wheelchair the way an upperclassman roams the halls in their high school. And just like a high school senior, she was often roaming the halls looking for trouble. Trouble for her meant arguing with the administrator for eating up their Wi-Fi streaming Netflix. Not allowed. Or wheeling into the staff kitchen with elaborate excuses to use the oven, restricted to staff only. Or asking me for contraband like a Dremel tool, which she claimed was for crafting, but I suspect was for modifying her furniture. Power tools are forbidden. Or for convincing the staff to bring in takeout food during COVID lockdown, strictly forbidden. Somehow, in the middle of all of this, she always found time to call me. Her favorite nephew. Her only nephew. To ask what sports my kids were playing, what awards they'd gotten at school, and to ask about me. She always asked about me, even in the middle of nursing home hijinks or new mysterious ailments. After thirty years of her mystery ailments, I had learned to block them out mostly. We had trodden those grounds before. Kidney failure, heart surgery, diabetes, cigarettes, leg amputation, painkiller addiction. When the final ailment arose, a sore tunneling deep into her ass, her words not mine, I barely took notice. I only noticed that she started calling less. When the next call came, it wasn't from Sis, it was from hospice telling me she'd taken a turn for the worse. Her last days weren't spent cracking dirty jokes, breaking the rules, or sweet-talking the nurses. They were spent with her eyes closed, struggling against unforeseen forces, pulling at her. I visited every day, and as I sat with her holding her hand and talking, I could not be sure she was hearing me. There was no indication other than an occasional hand squeeze. I only hoped that when her time came, I would not be in the middle of work, a movie, or dinner. When it mattered, I wanted our timing to finally be right. Death came calling around 10 a.m. on a Friday morning. I was with her, holding her hand, stroking her hair. She opened her eyes one last time and looked up at the ceiling awestruck. I asked, what is it? What are you seeing? There was no answer, and then she was gone. I sat with her a long time, knowing that I needed to notify the staff that she had passed, but I had no words. I felt so alone, her only family there with her in her final moments. One of the nurses came in to get her water and seeing her grief, strong and immediate as my own, I hugged her. We cried in each other's arms. Then I did the same with the next one, and the next, and even the administrator. They were her family too, loving her for always breaking the rules. In the end, when it mattered, we got the timing right. Copyright 2023, Nick Sype. Nick Sype lives in Gastonia, North Carolina, with his alpha reader wife and two beta reader kids. He is a member of the Charlotte Writers Club and North Carolina Writers Network. He enjoys the giddy thrill of sneaking into college libraries to write while his kids are at sports practice. Currently, Nick is querying literary agents for his debut novel, Midnight Springs a horror western best described as Frankenstein Goes Out West. Read more about this writer and background on this story in a special feature of 6-Minute Stories called Author's Talk. Thank you for listening to another 6-Minute Story. You can read them all in the nine anthologies of the personal story publishing project, Find the link to our online store at randalljones.com. That's R-A-N-D-E-L-L-Jones.com. There you can learn about submitting your own story for consideration for our next personal story publishing project. And remember, everybody loves a good story.